If you're ever out at a networking event, cocktail party, or somewhere in a situation where you do have run out of things to say completely, I have the best little trick for you. I'm Amy Jo Martin. Welcome to the Why Not Now show. You know that thing you've been thinking about doing? Yeah, that one. Why not now? Have you ever actually taken the time to ask yourself, what's stopping me? Let's talk it through. This is your chance to give that idea the attention it deserves and take action. Each episode, I have a chat with a fascinating person from entrepreneurs to athletes, celebrities, my parents, rocket scientists, and all walks of life. We talk through a critical time when they've asked themselves, why not now? We dissect that day or even that moment, step by step. What do you do? Oh, that question. It can be the most annoying question on the planet, in my opinion, and I think it stumps a lot of us. We worry and stress about how we answer that question. If you think about it, there are a million ways to answer it. There's the literal, what do you do? I work for XYZ company, or I am a whatever. And then there's, what do you really do? What is it that you are doing on this planet? And then the combination of everything between. In this episode, Emily Kostopoulos and I discuss the what do you do and provide some guidance on how to get to a little bit more meaning and depth in answering that question and also ways to check ourselves. Sometimes our ego is the one answering the question of what do you do? And in certain cases, we hold on to that answer that we feel good about because we're proud, or maybe it feels fancy, but the fancy answer is only serving our ego, and it's no longer what we want to be doing. So the what do you do is a loaded question, and I encourage you and invite you to start thinking about it differently. What if it has nothing to do with what you specifically went to college for, or what you literally do throughout your day. Because there's probably something much bigger, and there's something that's much more connected to your brand essence, to just your essence of who you are, that provides a much more interesting conversation after that question is asked. And it also can lead you into a much more rewarding place if you start to really live your answer. When people ask me, what do you do? I answer, I help people do difficult things, get down the black diamond mountains in life. And of course I get a couple of different reactions when I give that answer. They're expecting for me to say, I am an author, I am a speaker, I am an entrepreneur, I am XYZ literal. And when you start bigger in a much more meaningful place, it leads you into a much more meaningful conversation and you start to attract 
the right people. You start to attract the right future, the more aligned future. I encourage you to transcend the what and get to the why and the who. Get to your essence. That's one of the things we focus on in the Renegade Brand Boot Camp, by the way, is your brand essence and how you communicate and articulate what you do. If you are interested in more info on the program, head to renegadebrandbootcamp.com. You can find all the information, FAQs, what alumni are saying, what it's all about there. Sign up for the email if you want to know more and figure out if this is for you or not. And just know we're in early bird phase right now. So now would be the time. We do have limited seats available. So head to renegadebrandbootcamp.com. We tackle the most taboo topics on the Why Not Now show. Oftentimes, you're hearing guests share things they've never shared before. In the spirit of things we don't typically talk about, you should know that the Why Not Now show is supported by Poopery, the original before-you-go toilet spray. It's magic. My friends at Poopery have literally taken the smell out of you-know-what. This pure blend of essential oils stops bathroom odor before it begins. Visit poopery.com and Why Not Now listeners get 20% off with code Why Not Now. That's all one word. And you can hear the story about Poopery in our interview with founder Susie Batiste. That's Why Not Now, episode 28. Poopery is also available at Target. So should we go back in time a little bit mm-hmm. to when you lived on a boat? Sorry, I was just taking a sip of a drink. Water. Um, <laughs> yes, let's do it. So, oh my gosh. What was going on when you were on a boat? You were, you Decided just... Decided to live on a boat. I was, I was taking just an exited? adult timeout. Uh-huh. I had just exited my company. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit of an abnormal way to exit. So if anyone wants to hear that, it's episode 100, where I get pretty deep and raw and vulnerable. But um, we don't need to go there at the moment. It's too long of a story. But yeah, it was relearning how to sleep, relearning how to be kind of a normal human, because I had been running off of adrenaline for about seven, eight years. Yeah. This is the... Season of averaging 210 flights a year, four hours of sleep a night, and things were a little out of, off kilter. I was over capacity, so. You hit the, you hit the staples, like, button. They're like, stop. Yeah. Yeah. You're just like. It's like, time out. Pause. Something has to change. Yeah. There's got to be a better way. So during that time, I, you know, I'd be hanging out with with people, friends, like sometimes going to little functions. And when people would ask me what I do, and they'd say, what do you do? I almost feel anxious. My hands are clammy right now because I didn't know what to say. Yeah. And I had had all these fancy answers before. Before starting my own company, I'd worked in professional sports, and it felt good to say, I work for the NBA's Phoenix Suns. And my ego liked to say that, and I felt proud, um, but I didn't love necessarily what I was doing. And then I became an author and an entrepreneur, and, and when I called time out on all of that, I didn't know if I could really, A, say those things, and B, that wasn't really what I was doing. That question is much 
bigger, I hope our society starts answering it in a, who are you? Why are you doing what you're doing? Not, what are you doing? Mm, I just got chills thinking about that because we've been talking a lot about how you know you want to be and not do. And that whole question is based off of the doing and the pushing and the productivity and the outcome. And the title and the Mm -hmm. job and the company. and, Mm -hmm. And so... Yeah, I mean, that's something we talk a lot about in boot camp. One of the first things I have all the female entrepreneurs is answer that question, and then we go through some curriculum and some learning and then answer it again. And it's funny how much it changes, and it gets so much more deep and interesting because a a better question is what are you passionate about or what are you working on right now that you're passionate about? But oftentimes that's not how the question's asked. But I encourage everyone listening to start reframing. So back to your your question. Sorry, we digress. Living on the boat, my days consist of trying to figure out what I want to do next and sleeping and learning to meditate and doing yoga for the first time. <laughs> so I'm trying to dial it back, and um, I'd go to these things, and I wouldn't know what to say. Sometimes I would say, well, I'm in transition, But then you sound like you don't know what the heck you're doing. So that doesn't feel great. It doesn't feel good. And then, and it's so vanilla. And it's Mm -hmm. like, it's hard to have a conversation after that. Because you're going to end up telling them what you used to do. Yes. Like, oh, I'm an author, but am I still an author? I'm not writing a book right now. That was a few years ago. And I do still speak. That just, hmm. And so all my answers, what I was really doing was I was watching a lot of Ellen at 4 p.m. every day, (laughs) doing spin class yoga and trying to find myself per se. And so sometimes I would answer what I thought I might do next, which was kind of fun. And I thought about becoming an Uber driver, but having a podcast or having like a something to amplify the experience where I'd maybe read people's tarot cards while at stoplights or, you know, answer questions or record it or something. And then I didn't do that. I thought about going to politics, discuss that. But these were all ideas. So I realized how we answer this question is all about the what and how we need to get to that why Mm. and that who. So who are you? What And... My why is really helping people do difficult things, specifically female entrepreneurs. Hmm. And so it's really evolved over the years. Now when someone says, what do you do? That's my answer. I help people do difficult things. And, and depending on the case, sometimes I'll say, I help female entrepreneurs do difficult things. And I usually get this look back, and it's one of two things. It's actually one of three things. Answer number one is... Ooh, tell me more. And they lean in and they really, what does that mean? I want to know. And that opens up a really fun conversation. It could be the second answer is, in reaction, is like confusion. Like, oh, but curious. Mm -hmm. And this immediate, shit, well, what's my answer? What do I do? And the third is just, Yep, not ready for the deep conversation. <laughs> and that's fine because they filter themselves out. I don't want to have that conversation with you anyway if you aren't there. So, yeah, it's, it's a pretty big funnel, though. Mm. It can go a lot of different places. I think we should back up a little bit because you, in episode 100, you talk about like when you found out 
your main why. I realized, which is, yeah, I kind of figured it out. Yeah, super, super awesome. But even getting to that is really hard. But you got there. But then you found even more clarity. Yeah. And just adding in the female entrepreneurs really amplified your what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you actually helped me realize the other day, you know, I thought during that transition time, and I want to talk about your transition too, so I'm bookmarking that in our minds. <laughs> we can kind of go all over the place, so I'm, I'm going to keep us, we're going to keep on track. However, I always say, you know, where purpose, passion, skill collide, bliss resides, and that's, it can sound very fluffy and intangible, but it's super legit if you get your Venn diagram out and you connect those things, those three things. And for the longest time, I had the skill, didn't have the passion or the purpose. The passion would come and go, but the purpose, huge deficit. So I thought I had to completely reinvent the wheel. I thought living on the boat, I was going to have to do a 180, like might become a plumber or something, like completely different. And um, I tried actually to, to almost leave that behind, what I used to do, because there was some negative connotation yeah. you want to close the book stigma yeah another book yeah and so what really happened is the only thing that shifted was injecting more purpose and that was helping female entrepreneurs so the skill is storytelling communicating helping people own their voice share who they are some people call it a personal brand great and I've done that with a lot of different people um the passion is watching them own their voice and then come alive and and really start to do what they were put on this earth to do and figure that out. And there's nothing mm. better than helping people arrive there and witnessing it. And then the purpose I realized was not doing this for the movie stars anymore or the fancy CEOs and executives and big brands. It's the female entrepreneurs who are purpose-driven, who are doing good, doing well, and making a huge impact. And um, so, yeah, it gives me chills to, to, like, even think about because there have been moments in the last year where I'm like, gosh, there is zero question that I am doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing right now. Kind of tearing up because I've never felt that way until mm. now. I've felt fancy and, like, I was doing neat things and that I like to, sh- to share or say because my ego thought it was fun, but... Oh, I'm in this moment of alignment that I've worked really hard to get to. And I'd say, you know, people who come through the Renegade Brand Boot Camp program, let's take Elaine, for example. Yes. One of our graduates who started a collagen product company. And her true, when she came into the program and we first answer, what do you do? She said, I have a collagen product. You know, I'm the founder of a collagen product. She evolved in what she really realized she did and why she started her company, which her story is exactly why, but she now answers that question differently. And she says, I help women feed their beauty from the inside out, mm. which is so true. And it, because of her, her whole journey was she ended up having an autoimmune disease and through health and wellness and things like collagen she realized she could change her existence on this planet versus 
traditional Western medicine that was not working. And yeah. she was she was really struggling. Anyway. Yeah. So I, I just, I think that's so powerful. She, it's not like she came into the program and she was in this, you know, transition period and she didn't really know what was next or what she wanted to do. It's not like she left and she's like, I, I'm doing something completely different. Mm-mm. It's like she had the, she gained the clarity that it's sometimes hard to gain when you're so in what you're doing mm-hmm. of recognizing that she had most of the equation there. Oh, yeah. She just needed to inject the reason she was doing it. And that's like exactly what you said that going from the what to the why. Mm-hmm. Just and the who. The, mm-hmm. the who and the why transcending the what. Like, because that's her differentiating factor from a business mm-hmm. perspective. That will give her the edge. Yes. When I know why this woman created this product and who she is. It makes me want to buy it more than someone else who created another collagen product because there will be a gazillion on the market over the next several years because mm-hmm. it's such a hot area. Um, and it's a cred standpoint. Like, she's lived this. So she's not just... She didn't come up with this company to make money. Of course she will as a byproduct. Mm-hmm. But she... It was her solution for her own problem that she wants to share with the rest of the world. So it's yes. like she's coming from a place of cred. Yes. And innocence and intention of purity that will also, as a matter of fact, make money. Yeah. Rad. It's brilliant. It's amazing. So you, what do you do? And what did you used to do? And let's Mm. talk about that. And just for the listeners, if you go back about a year, I forgot what we called it. Emily was on the podcast when she had a nine to five job. Mm -hmm. So can you kind of catch us up on... How, yeah. what do you do has changed for you. Yeah. That was Raimi. <laughs> we did rap earlier. We did. We're coming, coming soon. Um, so we were talking about this before we hopped on of, I feel very much in a transition period and I still feel like a fish out of water when people ask me that question and I just like flop all over the place, like depending on who is asking the question, depending on how I, I feel about that person. Do I feel like I need to impress them with like my past career or do mm-hmm. I feel like I can be a little vulnerable with them? Mm-hmm. It changes all the time. Interesting how you chameleon it and tell them what yeah. you think they want to hear. Yeah. yeah. Or what your ego wants to hear at the moment. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. And I want to, I mean, you know, I've been through the program twice kind of the first time myself, the second time as kind of an observer. So I recognize how important owning this is, but it's still so hard when you're put in front of a stranger that you don't know. And they come at you with this question that can be, it's like, it just can, it can jar you a little bit. And exactly what you said, that your hands get a little clammy and you're like, well. And and you're kind of trying to convince yourself what you do too, right? Because the what is the daily. Mm -hmm. So, So you use... Yeah. I guess I I feel like I have a, a lot of answers. I sometimes I say, well, I opened a co-working space in my small town. Mhm. And that's like a pretty basic vanilla answer. And that's very what? Mm-hmm. But very it's what? also very true and literal. Yep. And then sometimes if I'm talking to someone who has kind of a status type job, mm-hmm. my ego comes in and is like, "Well, I used to be an engineer, 
in the oil field, and then I was an engineer in an underground laboratory. Mm, sounds fancy. Mm-hmm. And then it was, and it was, and it is. Yeah, but you're fancier without the lab coat. Well, that takes time to figure out. So much of the ego goes into this answer, doesn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. if we look at your path. You spent a long time in school, in hard school. Like, I went to marketing at ASU. Not the <laughs> number one party school in America. <laughs> you went to a school of minds, like numbers and engineering, and not that marketing isn't hard, but you invested a lot of time and energy to get that degree, and you decided that title at one point was feeding your ego more than your soul. Woo. Mm. Yeah. It's pretty meta. And you, and so you did transition out of it. But I know so many people, I mean, just yesterday I was talking to an attorney who is not happy. And she's a very fancy, cool job for a professional sports team. And sometimes people even go into a lot of debt to get these yeah. titles and then decide, oh, this isn't what I want maybe in 10 years later or five or 25 years later. Yeah. So I, I just want to commend you how brave it was to shift your literal what do you do. Yeah, I think a lot of people go through that. Oh, yeah. Like how in the world, I mean, off topic, but how in the world at 18 are you supposed to decide when you go into college what you want to right. do? Ugh. But then feeling stuck in the what do you do. Yeah. And so if we can get to that, what are you really doing? Yeah. Are you, are you impacting lives in a way you don't realize? If you transcend the what... Yeah. You don't have to do a 180 necessarily. Like you've re-en- no. re-engineered your life and you still use those engineering skills yeah. all day, every day. We kind of recently had that conversation of just what, I mean, exactly what you said, you know, in your transition. Isn't that funny like that? We can go through something completely different, but at the heart of it, it's very similar and it invokes evokes very similar feelings and emotions and things and outcomes and whatever, but... I definitely felt like if I leave engineering, I have to completely like close a book on this, put it on the shelf, and like pick up a whole different book mm-hmm. and change everything. And over this past year, I've realized like you don't you don't have to change everything. You're not starting from scratch again, right? No. You're not at the bottom. No, and I don't have to say like I this this education I invested in and these skill sets that I've honed aren't now useless because I don't have a traditional engineering job. And that is what kind of gets you back into what do you do or who are you in this world? Even if that question is like in this very one specific moment in time, weaving in your past into that Mm -hmm. can be really scary and hard. And so I, I love that. That is like one of the first focuses of the program. And we're going to talk about like give some tips for people of how they can do that themselves here but mm-hmm. it is such a powerful thing to dive into but it's not something we think about a lot because our first answer goes to i mean i went to engineering school i'm an engineer mm-hmm. or i went to marketing school i'm a marketer it's your identity yeah and it's mm-hmm. not our identity it doesn't need to be and we have the power to change the answer we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back If you are digging this podcast, please do us a favor and subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It just takes a moment and it means a ton to us. 
Also, after recording more than 100 episodes, I've created a bit of a cheat sheet on the top five things I've learned from renegades and how they get from idea to action, from dreaming to doing. I will email you the downloadable PDF when you subscribe to my newsletter. Just head to amyjomartin.com and click on connect with me. There's a feeling that just clicks, connects, a, a literal feeling of alignment. When you land on realizing what you do, it's not really finding. I mean, sometimes mm. sometimes there is a discovery process, but usually you have to create it, right? Um, because it's a little formula. Like you mix a little bit of this and, you know, you did start a co-working space in the matter of three months, you came into the boot camp program and didn't know what you wanted to do next. And by the end, you had a physical space, a legit business. Your engineering skills totally played into that, even though you were looking to connect and you were solving your own problem. You didn't, you couldn't use forest Wi-Fi anymore. You needed to have better Wi-Fi. So you created this. But the connection in the community, it just so happened the underlying skills of, of engineering helped you put the, do that in three months. It's crazy. Mm. I think we should... I, there's one more example, I think. Okay. I think we should talk about Erin's. Yeah. Erin came in and her identity was in the fitness world. Mm-hmm. And she came in wanting to completely shed that mm-hmm. and just start over. And transcend. She felt like I think she was in a bit of a too much of a niche or narrowed in, a little boxed in, right? Yeah. As another fitness voice of authority. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and gosh, like we all feel that all the time. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm an, another person starting a podcast. Yeah. Another I'm, person doing this. Like, I'm just one in a million now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so she came in and wanted to kind of break up with that term, mm-hmm. which I think she probably meant thought meant breaking up with that whole industry. Letting go of her. Yeah. Yeah. She's got all this equity though in it. Mm -hmm. Right. Very similar to, I don't have to break up with engineering to, you know, in my next thing. Right. But through boot camp, she came to the realization that all she really needed to do was kind of switch out fitness with movement. And she helps people heal through movement. Holy buckets. So she went from... I'm Amazing. a fitness. And it's 100% legit true, too. Because when she is doing these, you know, programs for hundreds of people and she's up there with a microphone, she's not just talking about how to shift your body and, like, it's meditative almost. She she gets in deep. Kind of like the Soul Cycle, but for mm-hmm. no bike. <laughs> yeah. It's so cool what she does. It's so much deeper. And now she communicates from that spot. Yeah, which attracts people that aren't just in the zone of looking for a fitness instructor. They're yeah. looking to change and heal. And it's so it's so important for our own mental, physical. I mean, almost like our the health of us mm-hmm. to be able to communicate with the world. You know, in one succinct phrase or sentence. You know, this is not just what I do, but this is who I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's a little more on the soul level and a little less of the physical literal. I mean, not to get all woo-woo, but your ability to connect with someone is going to be far greater and amplified if you can go that high at the top of the funnel of potential connection. And I love what you were saying before this. Like, if you start high, you have the ability to dive in 
and take it a lot of different, deeper directions that are still aligned. Mm -hmm. But if you start so narrow, you might be in a corner and then it's like you're at a cocktail party. You know that thing where you like walk up to someone in the awkward and then someone says, what do you do? Because it's the only thing you know how to say. In those situations, it's like your go-to. And if you get too zoned in too narrow and the other person has zero ability to relate or maybe they don't have any social skills, it's an awkward silence and then you got to find a way out of that yeah. conversation. Yeah, and you could be missing an opportunity to connect with someone much higher and change yeah. their life. Yeah, absolutely. I was at a... Or impact their life, you know. Yeah. Just change it at a cocktail party, but... You never know. <laughs> Make an impression. You never know. I was at a party last night, and I asked someone, what did they do? And they just said, lawyer. One word. Yep. And so, of course, I'm like, what kind? Do you like it? But what a way to just shut off a, a connection with another human <laughs> real okay. quick. So you're going to a wedding tonight. You should mm-hmm. try a couple oh, of things. Oh, I should. Okay. You should say, what are, you, what are you working on that you're passionate about? Yes. I'm going to use that tonight. And then also try, an, try a few more on. Say, what do you like to do? Yeah. I'm going to be sending Amy voice texts like in between cocktail hour of good questions I've gotten. And if we get some good ones, we'll make sure to include them in here. Yeah. Or in the private Facebook group. Ooh. You head to the Why Not Now private Facebook group. That's where the gems will be. And maybe some selfies of Emily on the dance floor. (laughs) Um, Oh, by the way, I just have to add this in because it's popping in and I can't ignore it anymore. If you're ever out at a networking event, cocktail party, or somewhere in a situation where you have run out of things to say completely, I have the best little trick for you. You can get some trivia out that I learned. This is my go-to. Is you ask the person, could be a complete stranger, do you know where the toast was invented? You know, like the cheers, clink toast. Do you know how it was invented? And they're probably going to say no. Um, Nine nine times out of ten, they won't know. And so this will give you a few minutes to just think about something else to say or to exit. Um, Because it was invented in the medieval times when two conflicting parties would come together to decide if they wanted to make peace and have a big discussion. And they had those big gimlets, goblets, what are they called? Gimlets? You know, the big, hefty, wine glass-looking things. Goblets, that sounds right. Goblets. Gimlets, whatever. And they would cheers... And the reason the cheers was invented is because, let's say you and I are enemies and we came to have a discussion, and I want to get some of my wine in your glass to prove to you I'm not trying to poison you, and you want to get some in my glass to to prove again. So this was a safe way of saying, okay, we're both Uh, proving to each other that we're not trying to kill each other. So this little detour... I just, I mean, maybe this is the most valuable thing you'll get out of this episode, but it is so (laughs) helpful because it's awkward. It is. And then you just get, and you might say something you don't mean to say or share something you don't mean to share. So, Yeah. And it's it's so worth the awkward because I know you were saying earlier, you're like, I just stopped going to these events because I didn't know what to say. And sometimes they're just annoying. Yeah, they are. The word network gives me chills, but not in a good way. Go but ahead, they have such potential to really connect with someone deeper. Yeah. If you put in the awkward effort. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or just just bypass the whole what do you do and get somewhere else or Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And it could be in any situation. It could be at a grocery store or yeah. sitting next to someone at a pool. So Yeah. My two Uber drivers yesterday, I had the most amazing conversations with both of them. 
Oh. And I had every intention of getting in the, in the, well, it was a lift, getting in the lift and looking at my phone and not talking. And I didn't look at my phone the whole time with both of them because we talked the whole time. That's awesome. And it was a conversation. I walked away as a more enlightened human. That's so awesome. I, I hear you. I think that's, you can have some amazing conversations with complete strangers if you're in the right zone, you're in a confined space, you're vulnerable, you probably will never see them again. Yeah. It's not like they're going to go tell your, you know, community what you just said. So, yeah, it's yeah, interesting. So you can practice on these people mm-hmm. with your new and improved, what do you do? So let's give let's give people some okay. tips on I how know. to do I this. I was just thinking like, gosh, we're just teasing the heck out of it. <laughs> So one of the things I start with in terms of helping guide people is starting with their why. Do you have any idea? Have you, have you given this some thought? And this is a hard question, by the way. Like, this is life work. The what do you do is constantly going to evolve. And so how many women I've seen that just want to have it bottled up in a perfect sentence and then done, check it off the box, and never have to visit again is... You have to try these on in practice. It's kind of fun, and it will change. So don't get too attached to one thing because it probably will shift over time, but you'll know it when you nail it. So what is it that you do that, that lights you up? Like what, what gives you joy in your J-O-B or in your day mm-hmm. of helping people? And if we go even further back and even harder work is... Your why, I mean, according to Simon Sinek, who helped guide me to find mine, a lot of times it stemmed from one of your earliest childhood memories. So starting back and thinking, what was, what are some of my earliest memories and starting to dissect them a little bit and then thinking, do they have transcendent threads into my personality now and into my life? Do they keep popping up? Go higher. The impact you're making on people is usually the root of what you're doing. So I spoke, I gave a talk to a bunch of um, mortgage sales individuals at this conference, right? It was like an incentive trip where the top salespeople got to go. And I was telling, sharing with them what they do is help people navigate through one of the biggest decisions in their life they will ever have and give them comfort and security. And, and then a different situation where I was speaking to this group of travel incentive executives where they're the ones planning the trips for the other people I was just talking about, they give once-in-a-lifetime experiences. They create them, Mm -hmm. right? They do. They get to design them. A trip that someone would never have gone on without this opportunity from their, you know, job. So it's just go higher, go deeper, go Mm -hmm. bigger, and just stretch yourself. Like with Elaine, I know when she landed on, I help women to feed their beauty from within, Everyone was like, boom, mic drop, you got it. And she knew it. It gives me chills again. If it gives you goosebumps, you're probably... Yes. I love, I love that example of the mortgage lenders because it puts the person at the forefront of it instead of the career that they're in. When we have a choice to go to someone because we know them, because we like them, because we feel comfortable around them, that's what we'll choose to do. Yep. So how many people... You know, choose their real estate agent, their home, their mortgage lender, because they connect with that person individually. So putting, you know, that at the forefront of the what do you do question mm-hmm. is so powerful. Mm-hmm. And and think about you're in that seat. You are in that seat of guiding. 
Usually in your career, if you think about whatever you're doing, you're helping someone in some way, even if it's a, a long tail or a <laughs> indirect situation. So I think about my mom for years. She was a dental assistant, but I swear her why or something rooted in her, her why and what she does is she has so much compassion and emotional intelligence that she was actually guiding people and helping them find safety and security in a very fearful situation, yes. scary situation. Some people are deathly afraid to go to the dentist. So you meet my mom and it's like going to Disneyland or something when you meet her. But then she helps. So she wasn't a dental assistant. She that was guided people median. through a really, yeah, that was the vehicle. That, yeah. Or medium. That was her medium. She might be a medium <laughs> as well. Like, But... Yeah, so it's it's like, and then a little bit of imposter syndrome usually comes in here. And people are like, is that really what I do? Can I own that? And you have to take a deep look in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Good look in the mirror, whatever the saying is. And ask yourself, am I doing that? Can you feel comfortable owning that? And hopefully you can. And if you can't, maybe you're, it's time to pivot. You know, if you're not feeling that deep connection with the help you're providing yeah. or guiding, if it feels like a bullshit answer, go find something else to do that lights you up. Yeah. If you're mailing it in. Yeah. I want to like emphasize that because we talked about that before, that you are an author and a podcaster and you curate, you know, boot camps, but those are vehicles for your true why. Yep. And that can apply to everyone. And don't try to force a what do you do, why level and who level into something that isn't fitting. Mm. Just change your literal. Yeah, it's probably a really good indicator. Like, I'm not living my why. I'm not yeah. in the zone, right? So, what a good filter question. Like, don't try to reverse engineer and kind of bullshit yourself. I just had a really good thought. So I have two people, like, if, if you're really trying to think literally, what are some examples of this? Let's look at Tony Shea, the CEO of Zappos. You can ask him. I have before. Do you like shoes? The guy doesn't care about shoes. He started an online shoe company. <laughs> but he, he, doesn't, he doesn't like clothing or anything. He wears the same thing every day just to make it easy. But he delivers happiness. His customer service and company culture scenario that he's created is what he does and that's Mm. where sometimes it's in disguise like the product itself doesn't have to be some huge purposeful give back or something it might be that he's his way of impacting lives at large scales through his team members the culture through the company culture and his customers so he's delivering happiness in a way that you would it's so unexpected same with Susie Batiste with Poopery. It just so happens that Poopery, like bathroom odor spray, is the vehicle for her to be able to share her why, you know, and transform shit. <laughs> and it's, it's so, mm. I think sometimes we get hung up of trying to get too literal. Yes. You spend yeah. your life doing what you do. You might as well go at that higher level and, and live on that next dimension versus mail it in and you know, mm-hmm. check boxes. Yeah, and it's never too late No, to figure it out. <gasps> I know. I never. mean, my mom, late 50s, became an entrepreneur, my mom and dad, and 
how inspiring. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the show. Hit me up on social media to let me know what you think. I'm at Amy Jo Martin on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And I want to hear your why not now moments so I can share them on the show. Just send me a note to why not now at amyjomartin.com. For show notes and other offers, you can visit amyjomartin.com forward slash why not now. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email newsletter for exclusive content and announcements. A big thanks to Rock Salt Music for all of the tunes by the talented John Coggins. And of course, a hat tip to Richard Gruer for editing and producing the show. I'll see you next time. And until then, why not now? Oh,